Some time ago, Father Joe asked for some coverage over this weekend. I thought he was going to some deep religious conference. He went out to shoot Bambi. (laughs) So I'm a golfer, so I only try to shoot birdies. So that's... I don't know if you heard about the uh, little second graders were getting ready for First Communion, so they had to make their first confession. And by the way, for a priest, hearing second graders' confessions is like being stoned to death with popcorn. So, so anyhow, this one little girl goes into the confessional, and she comes out, and she's all upset, you know, and in tears, and they couldn't figure out what could have possibly happened. So they asked her what was the problem, and she said, Well, Father told me that I have to say three Hail Marys, but I only know one. (laughs) This week, um, and starting today, the church has asked prayers in a special way for vocations. Every Christian has a vocation, but some are called in a special way to service of the church through priesthood, religious life. And matter of fact, uh, one of the reasons I could be here and was free to be here this weekend is that uh, Archbishop Hebda and Father Bloom, who is the vocation director for the diocese, uh, are holding a discernment weekend at our retreat house in Buffalo. And he has 25 young men who are there praying and reflecting about their call. And I'm really, I must say, very impressed with Archbishop Hebda, the the time and the effort and the presence that he is offering uh, this weekend. It's really commendable, huh? Now, I do have a, a little secret to say about, you know, prayers for vocations. I never ask people to pray that God will call people to the altar or to religious life. I don't do that. And the reason I don't is that I figure that who am I to tell God what to do? As if he can't figure it out. What I always ask is that we pray not that God will call people, because I believe God is calling people but that we pray that those who are called will respond. You know, if there is a a lack of vocations in the church community today, it's not because God isn't calling, it's because people aren't saying yes. God does God's part. You know, we need to do ours because it always is a free response. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons why people have a hard time saying yes to the call to ministry in in the church. And I I think one reason simply is people have a hard time in our culture making commitments, period. And a commitment to a life that is somewhat unusual than the normal life that, that people experience, you know, getting married, having a family, is, is I think something that people find difficult. There was a, a book some years ago written called Bowling Alone. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, but it's written by a, a man named Putnam. And it's really a sociological study of our culture. And he uses bowling 
as kind of a, a viewpoint to understand our culture. And what he says is this. He says, you know, today people like to bowl still. I think you have a bowling alley here, and I know we have one in Buffalo. Um, but people don't want to join leagues. You know, when I was a kid, I was in a bowling league. But see, when you're in a league, you have to commit yourself. You have to commit yourself to be there every, quote, Monday night or whatever it is. And people today, they want to bowl when they want to bowl, but they don't want to commit. But see, a vocation is about commitment. It is saying yes to something. And I think our people today find that difficult. And also, I think it's a little intimidating to say, I think God is calling me to this. You know, am I deceiving myself? Am I deceiving myself? And I think one of the things that I often say to young people who are at least thinking about a vocation is that it's not just up to you. I mean, you think you are being called, but the church has to put a stamp of approval on that. Part of the formation process when a person enters seminary or religious life, they go through this process of discernment where they're saying, I think this is what God is calling me to, and the people who form them are saying either yes or no. So it's not just on the person who is being called. It's a discernment in the community. And I've always found that very, very uh, helpful. And it sort of takes away a lot of the anxiety if you understand that. Because if it's just about me, I might be deceiving myself. But for example, when I entered the Oblates many years ago, they basically said, we approve of what you're doing. We think that what you're experiencing is truly God's call. So again, it's not an isolated thing, but it's part of the larger church. Now in the scriptures today, and I suppose it's very fitting for a vocation discernment week, you have in the prophet Malachi, him chastising the priests for their unfaithfulness. And Jesus taking the Pharisees and the scribes to task for their unfaithfulness and for their self-righteousness. You know, a lot of times when we hear the word Pharisee, we think evil people. The Pharisees were not evil the way we understand evil. The Pharisees were super good. They were good on steroids. They kept the law to the nth degree, but they were also very self-righteous. It was all about them keeping the law, and that is what Jesus Uh, chastises. They did what they did to be seen, to be seen. Now, when when I think about a person being called to vocation, to ministry, there's all kinds of virtues the person should have, but I'm just going to highlight two that you want to look for. One is a sense of integrity, a sense of integrity, that the person is who they say they are. You know, there's a wholeness about a person who's called, you know, to vocation. That they're not, you know, broken up into a lot of different pieces. You know, one piece goes here, one piece goes... No, they're, they're a whole person. So they're W-H-O-L-E. They're whole before they can be holy. H-O-L-Y. 
Now, none of us are completely, you know, intact. All of us are broken. Every priest, every religious is somehow kind of dealing with their own frailty. But you don't want it to be such a large chasm that it can't be crossed. So there is that sense of integrity. One of the prayers that I find myself saying over and over again in my life is, Dear God, help me to be what I say I am. That is what a vocation is about. Whether you're a religious or a priest or a married, help me to be what I say I am. That's integrity. And again, it has to be based on the human person. The Oblates, the group that I'm part of, uh, we were founded by a man named Eugene de Mazenod. He was canonized the saint in the 1990s. Uh, he founded our community uh, right after the French Revolution when Europe was in tatters as far as the faith is concerned. And like any religious community, we have a rule. You have to have a rule to have a religious community. And our rule has changed over the years because times change. But we've always kept the introduction to the rule, the preface to the rule, the one that he wrote, because it was kind of his marching orders to us. And he said, our goal as, as religious is to help people to become human beings, first of all. You have to be a solid human being. And then you become a Christian, and then you become a saint. But if you don't have that foundation of what it means to be a human being, if you don't have integrity, then you can never be a saint. So that is what we look for in a person who is thinking about vocation. They have a sense of integrity. And the other thing they need is a sense of humility. And not as, not as most people think about humility. Because I think most people, when they think about somebody humble, they think about somebody saying, oh, I'm no good, or I can't do anything, or, you know, they're sort of mousy. A real humble person is a person not who has low self-esteem, but has low self-preoccupation. They know who they are, they know what they are, and they know that it's God's gift and is given not for themselves, but for the wider community. That is what real humility is. It means they're really grounded. You know, the word, the base word for humility is hummus, which means ground, which means dirt. They understand who they are. If you want to think about one of the most humble people who ever lived, it would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. But when you read Mary's Magnificat, what she says is, all nations, all peoples will call me blessed. Now think about that, what that sounds like. That doesn't sound too humble, does it? Everybody's going to be talking about me. Everybody's going to be talking about me. But then she says, because God who is mighty has done great things for me. She understood who she was because of God's blessing. And that is what a person who is called to any vocation has to be aware of, that God has blessed them for themselves, but also for the community. And they understand who they are, and they understand whose they are. So on this week, when we're asking you to pray for vocations again, 
I'm not asking you to pray that God calls some people, because he's doing that. Pray that people who are called say yes, and that they have a sense of integrity, they have a sense of humility, and that shapes who they are and whose they are. Amen.